Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here in the city of Plano, Texas, we're going to get moving, you know, as we open up the, you know, airways, uh, as we continue on, uh, uh, just kind of, you know, going through the book, of, you know, the book of Ephesians, you know, and Paul's letter to the people of Ephesus is such a powerful uh, letter, not only to the people of Ephesus, but to us as well, you know, so we're going to look at this word for those who are joining us in the studio, uh, it's always a blessing for you guys to join us here at HNLC Studios, uh, for those who are coming into my actually, um, Facebook step. What we won't be doing Facebook tonight. We're gonna to be coming to our actually uh, uh, our cash station as well as our actually Google station and actual uh, actually Podbean station. For those who are joining us, you know, it's always a pleasure. You got to be with us here in the studio here at HNOC Studios. I want to make sure we get our information in place here as we open up and get everyone in as we continue to join and go forth uh, with the word that's coming from the kingdom of God. As I said once again, don't want to sound redundant. It's a pleasure for you guys to be with us here at It's No C Studios, and we're going to get right into the world. We're going to move rather swiftly over in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. We want you guys to just move along with us as we go through various different uh, chapters and different books uh, concerning the Word of God here at It's No C Studios. Give me a few minutes. I'm going to be right back with you guys here in just a moment. All right, Father God, we thank you. We bless you for this opportunity as we come before your throne, as always, uh, here at HNLC Studios. And every time we get a chance to grab your word and be your conduit, it's just such a blessing uh, as you use us to do what you called us to do. Uh, as we continue to bring forth and let the word reign in these seasons that we're in. We just thank you, Father God, for moving in the George Floyd case, you know, on today. And uh, we pray that everybody will continue just to continue to pray and move forward. 
we got a long ways to go, but yet and still, God is yet still moving and doing what he said he's going to do, you know. As we continue to just speak about these particular things, we're going to see a similar letter. Uh, Paul looks at uh, the people of emphasis in such a way that his word was uh, pretty commanding uh, for those who had an ear to hear what he had to say that was coming from the kingdom of God. As Paul journeyed through different areas of um, his particular uh, journeys uh, here in the book of uh, Ephesians and we look over there we're going to talk a little bit about you know some of those particular journeys Paul had you know coming to Rome uh, Philippi Athens you know Corinth you know going down to Sisera Philippi and going to Jerusalem but we're going to stay you know as he kind of look at you know right over there next to Antioch you know we're going to look at the people of emphasis and we're going to see what Paul's letter was speaking to them concerning this word that's coming from the kingdom of God Father God we thank you we bless you we honor you in your precious and powerful name uh, we pray, Lord. Amen. As we open up and we'll look at this word over here in the book of Ephesians, for those who are joining in with us, and as I said before, I don't want to really just, you know, be repetitive, but also come to actually Spreaker Station. You want to go to harvestnewlifechurch.com uh, under Spreaker.com. If not, you can go to my actually, uh, Facebook station, and you can actually push uh, Ellis Charles and hit that link. That'll bring you right into the actually Spreaker Station. For those who are listening to my actually, um Cast FM station, it's going to be 18LC International's, or it's going to be the Apostle Charles Ellis, and that's going to be pretty much the same thing that's going on with our actually pod being stationed here at HNLC Studios. You want to go to hard, um, actually, uh, HNLC International, uh, uh, here in our actually pod being station. I want to get my words right here because we got so many different variations of stations we're running here. Uh, at HNLC Studios, so we want to make sure we're giving you the right information under our pod being station. You want to go to actually HNLC International under our actually um, cast station, which is Cast FM. You want to go to the search bar and you want to put in uh, Harvest New Life Church. You should see everything coming live there. For those who come through the Facebook station, uh, we're not going to be actually going live on Facebook, but the information and how to get into the actually social network uh, that we have going on here, this particular platform, which is called Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Just click that link. And you come right into that area of Tuesday Night Testimonies, and you should see the, the red icon telling you uh, live. As we journey through the book of Ephesians, you know, Paul's letter to the people of emphasis, we uh, kind of just briefly touched on the fact that there's various areas that Paul journeyed in around that particular Mediterranean Sea. You know, we look at, you know, as he uh, dealt with Rome, uh, we know we deal with Antioch and Corinth. Uh, we know he came down to Philippi, around uh, which is emphasis, you know, now Turkey. Uh, and then we talk about Antioch, and then we talk about uh, uh, Sisera Philippi along there uh, around Jerusalem. So Paul had some powerful journeys that he was doing and spreading some mighty information uh, to the people over there in these particular areas of the country. But, you know, he speaks loudly as we reach out and talk about, you know, this word over here in the book of Ephesians. You know, Paul's letter to the to people of emphasis. And we're going to kind of get right over here and get right at it. We're going to be over here in this particular um, 11th verse. And I hope you guys got your markers. I'm going to mark this uh, particular scriptures as we go along. And that's going to be two different uh, versions of the Bible. We're going to be actually um, working from on this particular evening here at HNOC Studios. One is going to be out of the King James Version. And the next one we're going to look at... Uh, the Word of God over in the Amplified Edition, which give us a little bit more clarity and understanding. We're going to put another one in this column called the New International, um, actually a version. 
and that's going to be actually uh, the NIV, and it's going to give us a little solidification as we speak about this word over here uh, in the book of Ephesians. Over in the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 1, <clears throat> excuse me, in that 11th verse, the Bible says, who we have also have obtained inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of his work in all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, that, that's kind of like a Romans uh, 8 and 18, that the suffering that we go through, uh, according to Romans 18, that rocking for the suffering is this present time, not compared to the way of glory that will be revealed. And the word of God talks in First Peter one twenty three. It has not yet been revealed what we should be, but at the same time, we we know that we're born again, not of a corruptible, but that of an incorruptible seed. And this is the confession of our mouth as we come and kneel. And we talked a little earlier today about the book of Matthew. And for those of you who are joining us, I said, Faith, don't 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 feel that that you're going to be left out. You know, go along with us. So, you know, line these words up. Hear what the word of God is saying. Everybody's got their own different way of, um, you know, uh, on, uh, teaching, uh, but at the same time, it's got to line up according to what the Word of God is speaking uh, here in the Word of God in uh, the actually Holy Bible. Now, when we talk about the educational point of view, that's one thing, but we want you to open up your spiritual ears right now, and we want you to just, you know, understand the letter, but let the Holy Spirit speak to you, because now we're talking the fact that we're not just dealing with a letter. We're dealing with the possible powers of the Spirit that we got to understand with Jer uh, Joshua one, and they say we got to meditate on it. So when we see this particular word, and we look at the word in the book of Matthew, it's really giving us a layout to how we should uh, be in the presence of God. And the word of God says in Matthew 6 and 6, But when thou prayest, this is when you come into the meditation with the word of God, and he says, Enter into thy closet. When I enter thy closet, the God wants you to be one-on-one. -on -one. This is a one-on-one -on -one relationship with you and him this is no one else uh this is not an educational word this is not about a name or title or a position of a person the bible said well when i pray this is when you one-on-one -on -one with god he said enter into thy closet this means you become uh, you having a personal relationship and discussion about your life with christ despite of me and any other educational teacher teaching you the holy spirit is the one going to lead you into all truth our job is to get you before the holy spirit and then once you get before the Holy Spirit, he begins to guide you and direct you. As he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, the plans and the thoughts I got for you are good and not of evil. The Bible says your future is expected. But whenever you take what God has given you and you place it in the hands of an M-A-N or W-M-A-N, it becomes tainted. Because we're going to look at you in such a way that you're not worthy uh, to receive that engraftated word that comes from the kingdom of God. As we go back over there to the area of the book of Ephesians, and you go back up to Ephesians 1 and 5, the Bible says, having predestined us unto the adoption. You know, we're adopted according to what God has called us, and we're really under his leadership and under his authoritativeship. Now, when God puts people in our life, mentors, they're there to help. They, they, they may be there to help our character, but they can't give you with anything that the Holy Spirit has already given you. What they're designed to do and what I'm designed to do is really bring forth the word to you to help you understand and open up the avenues of what God has already given you before you was born and created and designed and injured in your mother's 
wound. Your gift belongs to you. Me as a man of God and any other man of God is designed to show you the right way. That when you're showing the right way, that these particular avenues, like we talk about uh, Proverbs 10 and 22, the blessings of the Lord, make it rich. We go back over, we talk about the book of Psalms 1. We're teaching you how that gift in you has got the ability to illuminate once you're walking in the righteousness of God. And it says in Psalms 84, 11, now there's nothing I will hold from you for those who walk upright. And we talk about those is when we go back over to the book of Matthew chapter 6 and 6. He wants you to get in a one-on-one relationship with him. But when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. Now, you may look at it from an educational point of view, but God is speaking to you here one-on-one. He wants to understand your relationship with him, not because of what somebody has said or what somebody has told you. God said, if there's something you don't know in your secret place, ask God. He said, if any man or woman lacks wisdom, let them ask of God, and he will give to them liberally. That means free. So when the word of God declares, and it decrees over in Matthew chapter 6, but when thou prayest, this is your one-on-one relationship with Christ. During the course of the time you're praying to Christ, you want to see what he has to say for you, and not what somebody's saying to you, because you got to have that opportunity to be with Christ at a, a one-on-one place, and you got to be in your private place where there's no outside interference, and only you, you only alone, is going to talk Christ about some of the things you have done and been, de- been dealing with in your life. So he said, but when I pray into our closet, then when I shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which is in secret shall, he didn't say he might, shall openly, he said, shall reward thee openly. Now, I want to make up, you want to look at something here. When we look over in the book of the um, Amplified Edition on that particular area of Matthew 6 and 6. The Bible said, but when you pray, he makes it direct here. When you pray unto the most private room, that means we all should have a prayer place. Listen to me. You should always have a place in your house where you're going to meet God at the same time, just if you was dating a man or a woman and you're trying to get them to be with you in holy matrimony, to be living everlasting, uh, have an everlasting relationship with them, hopefully birth some things, children, and obtain the things that God really wants you to have as a marriage person. God said, these things are available to you when you, you, you begin to date me, you begin to marry me, you begin to find out more about me. And then the word of God said, then there's great and mighty things that I have in store for you, that I would not withhold from you. So when we look at the Amplified Edition in Matthew chapter 6, and the 6th verse, he said, but when you pray, he's talking to you personally, not, I mean, people can pray for you, but you got to go to the throne on your own. You got to be able to understand if you don't know how to pray, then come before God. Sometimes you just got to sit there. And said, God, I don't know how to pray, but I know you're in my heart. And God said, look, when you open your mouth, I'll give you the words that you need to say. But when you concentrate yourself on the most high God and the one who's got the ability to give you everything according to his riches and glory, the Bible says he will utter the things to you in the spirit that when your mouth begins to open, God said, you will speak those things that you know not of, because when you begin to speak to the Father, he said, you speak and pray on your own, but when you pray through the Holy Spirit, God said, he speaks things to you that no man has known, seen, or heard before, and you're like, I'm trying to help you here, man, the woman of God. 
There's nobody can give you a prayer like the Holy Spirit. There's no design prayer. There's no engineer prayer, no long prayer, no short prayer. The only prayer you need to know is when you come into the presence of God, when you sit there and you concentrate yourself on God, meeting him at the same place and the same time every day. The word of God declares and decrees when Jesus went off to pray, he was in the presence of his father all the time. And he met his father at certain places he wanted to pray. But as for you in your house, whatever the area is that's in your house that you choose to meet God every day at that same time, you need to do that. Now, I'm not telling you to get into traditions and make some kind of monument structure in your house to the point that you'd be washing some kind of, you know, desk or some kind of stand or a cloth or something. Y'all understand what I'm saying? But you do want to cover yourself with something that'll put you in in in, in, in a private place with Christ. Now, me, I put on my ephod when I'm praying to the Christ. Even when I'm ministering the word, I put on, I put on my ephod. And I put it on and I hold it over me. And it's not that I'm worshiping the ephod. It gives me significance of a covering when I'm in the presence of God. That when I pray, he is hearing my prayer. It's like me going out of the field or play or whatever it may be, sports. And I got to get geared up because I got to be able to take the hits and the punches. That's really just come from within yourself. Because when you're in loan with God, he begins to reveal things about your own self. Whether you're asking him for what you need, he begins to expose you. And as he exposed you and you ask him to give you, forgive you for those things you may have done. As you go down to the area of uh, Matthew chapter 6, the ninth verse, he said, pray, pray therefore unto the Father who's in heaven. How that be thy name, thy kingdom come. So you want to be in the midst of God every time you begin to come before God. You got to open up the door. And when you open up the door, you got to go in the door, which is getting in the presence of God with songs, praises, whatever it may be that gets you in line. Listen to me. I'm going to bring it to you in a personal note. When you dated Susie or Susie J to John, there was something as a first impression that you wanted to bring to that individual to let them know you really cared for them and you really have a desire to court them, as the old people say, and have a lasting relationship with them to the point that they'll find out things about you that you don't know and that you, you find out things about them that they don't, that, that you didn't know. So it becomes personal. So in the word of God say, but when I prayeth, he said, go into the most private room. Now this is in the Amplified Edition, the most private room, close the door. Notice what he's saying. Pray to your father. He didn't say anybody else because you look to me to try to help you. Then you're already going to fail. My job is to help your character. My job as the apostle is to put you before God. And as I put you before God, he begins to reveal the very things that he said in Jeremiah 29, 11, that I only honor the thought and only I know the plan that I have for you is a good plan. The vision for your future is more crisp than you can imagine that when your ways begin to please me. This is why Romans chapter 12 says, I beseech thee therefore, brethren, listen to what he's saying, by the mercies of God, that you now present your body as a living sacrificial offering, holy and acceptable. Listen to what he's saying. That of a reasonable source, you got to come to a mind transformation. Be not conformed 
to this world, but be renewed through the renewing of your mind that you may know the good things that Christ has in store for you. Over here in the book of Matthew chapter 6, look what he says. To whom in secret you pray to the Father, and your Father who sees what in secret reward you in the open. That means my, my ways pleases God when I walk upright. My 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 uh, Psalm day for eleven comes into full effect. The Bible says, "No good thing come on." Well, I will hold from this apostle that because he walks upright, but 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 the mercy and grace of God was giving me the opportunity to be before him. It's when I come in a private place and I begin to admit to him about the things in my life that's not right. Not about what somebody else has done. Not about what somebody else has said. But I got to first come to Christ and admit my ways and my doings and understanding that Christ look forgive me for I may have sinned. I may have said something or done something in the presence of representing you that wasn't right. So I'm asking you to forgive me. That's when you're in the presence of God, when you begin to speak the, the, the very present of prayer, when he said, when you pray to the Father who's in heaven, you know, how that be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will. You, you want to make sure that you're going to first present your sins before you go to galvatine off about what somebody else has done or what he should do to somebody or putting yourself in position of thinking that yourself is more high than everybody else. Because I'm telling you, man, and women, we all got some cuts in our life and we all handle our cuts and bandage them up differently from everybody else. It depends on the size of the sin. The sin is just sin. God's not saying, well, your sin is bigger than his sin. He wants you to come to him and admit openly that you have a, a, a flaw in your life and you have a flaw on a daily basis and that you constantly got to come to him and ask him to help you in those flaws that in the midst of him helping with the flaws, you may find out just what you need to do by walking the way Christ wants you to walk and being representative of the kingdom of God as way he wants you to be representative. Not because of what man says, not because of titles, not because of position, not because of your, your, just your works. You know, the Bible talks about that in the book of James. You know, you got to have faith, but your works has got to be totally different from the illustration way men want you to be. Tradition, their thoughts, their educational views about how they feel. See, God gives you fresh revelation, fresh anointing, fresh direction about the things you need to know and understand that he's already provided to you according to Jeremiah 29, 11. Let's look at this right here over in the book of Ephesians once again in this particular 11th verse. Now, in the 11th verse, he says like this, in Ephesians 1, 11, in whom you have obtained an inheritance, look what he says, and been predestined, you mean you've been, you've been already chosen, set apart, not by way people say you are, according to his purpose of him who worketh all things, and look here, in the counsel of his own will, not man's will, but God's will. We always got a problem with what man says about us because they now look at us as we inadequate and we don't have what it takes in the midst of situations. Now, I've been there before because people look at you as if you ain't got what it takes. They believe that the popularity and names and title position moves you based on what man says other than what God says. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, man. Majority ain't always right. The Bible speaks the word. He says, wide is the path and narrow is the gate. When people are not being populated the way they want to be populated before a public eye, they 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 find themselves devalidated 
and God has already validated you according to the word of God over in Ephesians 1 and 11. You have already been set aside. doesn't matter what men look at you and how they look at you. The Bible declares when you pleases him. Now, all of us got something in our life that's not quite right, but we go before God and ask him. That's why we got mercy and grace, not because what man ridicules and says about us. It's what God says about us. You may be a person that's trapped in some addictions. You may be a person that's trapped in many things. But when you bring those things before men, they're going to always find a way to make you feel in such a way that you're inadequate. You're not available to do what God has called you to do. Listen to me, man. God. God took a man like Paul who was a stickler of the law, a killer of the gospel. And the Bible says he made him to be one of the most prominent men in the word of God. Matter of fact, the Bible says he wrote three, four, just not to say half of the Bible. And he was a, he was a, actually a killer. And God took him to prove to you that he takes foolish things and confound the wise. We go to the book of Ephesians. You look at the book of Ephesians, you look over in verse 12, he say, we should be as the as to praise of his glory. Listen to what he's saying in the 11th verse. He said, you're already your inheritance. You've already been predestinated according to his purpose, not man's purpose, of him who worketh all things in your life. When you begin to understand one-on-one -on -one relationship with Christ, he's working things out. Because when you bring some of the things you're dealing with before men, oh, I, you're not right. You, they got all kinds of flabbergasted. They want to bump their gums about everything about you that's not quite right. And they themselves don't understand why you breathe and you sinning. That's why the word of God declares and decrees 365 times in the word of God that God is not giving you the spirit of fear. Am I helping somebody? You got to come boldly before the throne of God. The Bible declares, according to Romans uh, chapter 5, that you have now been justified this year by faith. Now, you got to work the faith, but you got to put the works with it. That means you just can't say a man that says he has faith and has no works, and then, you know, his faith is dead. Because you just can't wait for Ed McMahon to come knock on your door. Y'all understand what I'm telling you? God does do tremendous blessings. He does do tremendous things that's supernatural. But in this particular case, as long as you can move and walk and open your mouth and pray, you need to find a place in your house where you can meet God at the same time. So when you meet him at the same time, the plans that he has for you will begin to unfold and unravel about what God's plan he has for you. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11, only I know the thought and only I know the plan Come on, somebody, that I have for you. It's a good plan and not of evil. He comes over here and he looks at this word over in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians says in the 13th verse, In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, in whom also after you believe you were sealed. Come on, somebody. With the with, 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 with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, let me let me say something about that part right there. But, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of times you hear a lot of words to say people say that, you know, you, 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 you speak the word, you go to church, but you ain't saved. You know, you're not this and that. See, it ain't got nothing to do with the physical. It got to do with, with, the, with God. It's what the Lord said about you. When God says that he loved you, and he created you, and he designed you for his purpose and his will. Then you got to understand that even in your shortcomings, God has just still got a place for you to be able to come forth and do what he commanded you to do. Am I, am I in there with somebody? That'll get, all the, that'll get all the educational people out of your life. And that, that'll get those religious spirits off the table. With people who look at you and, and look at you as if you won't have what it takes. 
But the word of God says, and you look at the book of Ephesians, and you look at the book of Ephesians very closely, and you look at that 13th verse, he said, in whom, in, in, you, in whom you also trusted. Now, when I trust God, I begin to uh, I begin to confess to God. I begin to confess to God about what he has for me in my life. And the way I can receive the very Proverbs 10 and 22 is I'm going to have to confess, but that God may know my ways. And when my ways begins to please God, and as the word of God says, he will give me the desires of my heart. But when I understand my confession as I come before God, I got to understand what it says in Romans 10. In that particular eight verse, he said, but what saith Charles? He didn't say what anybody else said about you. He's got a one. Remember, he's in your Matthew chapter six and six. He's on a one on one basis with you and dealing with you in your own ways and what you're dealing with, not the crowd of the people. Matter of fact, some of the crowds are the worst thing you to be because they had all types of sin in there. And they think that they come before God, they think they'd be known better because they just go to a facility. I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking to you. Whether you want to, if it, if it hurts you, then look here, unloose the shoe and going to step out the plate. You know, because what the word of God is telling you, that when you say it, as he says in Romans 10, 8, he said, boy, say it, Charles, the word of God is not thee. Your salvation is not in the hands of someone else. It's in the hands of God and how you have a relationship with him. When you open your mouth and you make your pledge, to Christ about how you want to be saved. You believe and declare and decree that God is the God above all gods. And the Bible says that no good thing come on somebody. Will he withhold from those who walk upright? We said it once again in Romans 10. We look at that eight verse. He said, the word is not thee in thy mouth. It's your mouth. You don't need anybody to speak for you. God, Lord, I don't know how to preach. I said, go, go in the room and just sit down. Consecrate yourself. And when you understand that you want to open your mouth, see, what happened in the book of Acts was amazing. We think about the book of Acts, and we talk about Acts chapter 2, which everybody knows is the Lord of Right, is the cliche scripture, that when the rushing wind, when the power of the Holy Spirit came in like a rushing wind. Well, when those men began to speak, they wasn't speaking under their own unction of what they wanted to speak of. They were speaking through the power of the Holy Spirit. God shut their mouth, and the Holy Spirit began to speak to them. That's why those Galileans and those people, they speak it in our language. Because God was speaking to a language known to all men. Not because it was a different foreign language, this, that, and the other. The communication of the Holy Spirit is on every level to be in line with anybody who really wants to come closer to him. Goes back over to the book of Romans. You look at Romans chapter 10. Look at that particular eight verse. He said, but what saith the word of God? Not thee in thy mouth and in thy heart. You got to get your heart right. You got to love. As it says in the book of John 13, 34. This is the new covenant. This is how the blessings come to you. You got to have your heart right. He said, a word of faith, which is in our, with the word of faith, which we preach. And you ain't got to be a person behind a pulpit or wrong with a staff and looking at somebody like, you You know, you live a little bit better than everybody else. The Bible said you got the ability to go out and minister the word to everybody, wherever you may be. Go to the hedges, go to the highways, go to the supermarket. Tell somebody about Jesus. As he says once again, what saith? The word of God is not thee in thy mouth and in thy heart. The word of faith, which we preach. Now, now you got a lot of scholars that want to get this kind of twisted and convicted. They want to look at it from an educational point of view. But when you understand it in the in the particular amplified version, he said, but what? He said, but what does it say? The word. Look at God's message. God's message in Christ is near you. Now, now, now he didn't give you anything about a seminary and education. The Bible said if you open your voice and open your mouth, he will give you the words you need to say. 
when you need to say it. But when it says in the Amplified Edition, but what does it say? The word, God's message, not man's message, not a seminary. Oh, you're not seminary trained. Okay, well, you know, you can take that stuff and you can take it over somewhere else because I'm not rolling in that area. That's why Paul speaks about this in the book of 1 Corinthians, man's thoughts and God's thoughts. That's why the word of God decrees according to 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, and that particular, well, that 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, yeah, that ninth verse, that he gives you, you know, unknown language and information that can only come through the Holy Spirit. For eyes have not, ears have not, neither has it entered into. When y'all begin to have a Joshua 1 and 8 and meditate and come back over to the book of Matthew chapter 6 and go in my closet, meeting God at the same place at the same time and expecting a word that's coming from the kingdom of God, that I may clearly, I said that by both, that I may clearly know that the plan that God has for me is always more than what I can see. You got to believe it, man of God. That's why he goes on in a particular area of that first Corinthians, that second chapter, that ninth verse. He goes to that 10th verse. He said, well, man only knows the things of what a M-A-N or a W-M-A-N. But when God gives you a word of revelatory information, it's not going to come through a man education. Let's, let, let's look at this. Let's look at this real good. Because a lot of people get a twist about you're not seminary training, this, that, and the other, and make you feel like they're a little bit better than you are because they got a little bit more, whatever it is under the, you know, you know, they think they, they dragging a little bit. And they think they got it going on. But the word of God makes it very clear. When you look at the first Corinthians, you look at that first Corinthians, you look at that particular second chapter, you look at that ninth verse, he makes it very clear. But as it is written, somebody, hear me, that eyes have not seen. Now, he's telling you something that man may have set eyes on something, but God said, but through the spirit, no man ain't seen this before or no have he heard of this before. Because when I prostrate myself before God, I get fresh illumination. I get fresh direction. I get fresh. I get the fresh breath of the wind of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you say a fresh wind. It's when you begin to speak, and that's what the Lord has told you to speak in the way he wants you to speak. That's why the prophets in those days were so ridiculed. That's why Jesus was so ridiculed, and they began to speak about him. You speak blasphemy because they never heard nothing like this before because the Pharisees, the Sanchees, and the Sanchees, the council, they had words of what they took out of the Torah in the days of the time they had the, 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 actually, uh, the, uh, the, the law, and we talk about the Torah and not just the Torah, but then like the Masonic laws that they had in place and they changed them. They like they changed them every week and probably every day for what current situation they were dealing. And this is how men do sometimes. They want to find some way to make you opposite of what God declared your word. And what, you know what? When you look over the book of Acts in Acts chapter four, when that man's hand was healed, the Bible said it was the most notable miracle. That means that was a miracle that men, these people over there in the book of Acts, these henchmen that was in that particular town, these Pharisees, put their temple guards on these men and women of God who came, well, these men who spoke the word of God. If you think about Acts chapter 4, it tells you clearly that it was the power of the word that the people heard. But the Bible declares, according to the book of Acts chapter 5, and you look at Acts chapter 5, the Bible says, I think it's Acts chapter 4, the Bible says they came into the temple and these men laid hands on them. They spoke unto the people and the priests and the captain of the temple. And the Bible said, these councilmen, these sent, these sent, come on, some I'm talking to you. These sentences came upon them. And the Bible said, these brothers, because of their Masonic laws and rules and regulations, because the people listened to what they were speaking, the Bible said, it grieved them in the second verse, Acts chapter 4 and 2. 
that they taught the people and preached through the what? The resurrection from the dead. They didn't come with their education, the seminary robe or ring. Didn't have a building or anything. These brothers came with some, these brothers came with some evangelism. They were speaking about the power of the most high God. The Bible declared the creed in that third verse when they, but they laid hands on them and put them in holding until the next day. But this is what you got to get out of Acts chapter four, that even though they put the physical hands on them, the Bible declares that in days they'll drag you before the synagogue. But the Bible says when you come before the synagogue, he'll give you the words you need to say, no things you need to say. The Bible says, well, you need to worry about the one who can steal the soul. Don't worry about the one who can kill the body. In this particular scripture, in understanding the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4, these people put hands on them. But to see, the damage had already been done. The word, the, 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 the action had already took place. The word moved. And I talk about the name of these particular people. And like we do today and lift their names up before God and look at themselves as being something more than they ought to be. The Bible says it's the word. And through the Holy Spirit, the word will filter what is true and not as it was not true. That's why Peter said, who are we going to believe? We're going to believe men or we're going to believe God. I believe they got into it over in Acts chapter 4. I, I don't know why the Holy Ghost moving me over here, but I believe they got it in Acts chapter 4 when Paul begins to speak to them over in Acts chapter 4. And I believe around that Acts of 4, around that 4 and that 38, I believe Gamaliel, one of the guys over there, I think it was around, around that 5th verse, a 5th chapter of Acts chapter 5. And if, if it serves me right, and, and I, I don't mind being you know correct about somebody who think they might be a little bit more better, and I'm not saying I am, but in Acts chapter 5, around that Acts chapter 5, down at 30, around that 38, I believe, if, if it's not certain, I'm just going to look over there. Around that particular 30, around that 35 or 32, about that. And the Bible said, according to the word over there, and he said to them, he said, uh, these men, I think he, he spoke a word over here in Acts chapter, uh, uh, Acts, I think that's 5 and that 34, when he stood up in the council of the Pharisees and a man by the name of, of Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, listen to it, said, a man of high repetition among the people, commanded the apostles to go forth. And they'll give these brothers a little space. I want to hear what they have to say. Now, this is the person who was trained in the, in the law. But there's a law that's going to come through the kingdom of God, which is the word through the mouth of this apostle, going to speak. And they're going to allow this man to speak because one of their people open ways for you. Listen to me, man, the woman God. When God begins to give you blessings, God will open up ways for you. He, look, he'll cause your enemy to be your footstool. The Bible declared the creeds in Acts 34. You look at the Acts 34. And the Bible said they stood there, one of the councils of the Pharisees named Gamel, Gamaliel. The doctor of the law now, this is what they, this is this, 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 the, the law that they didn't break their law. They imprisoned people because of their laws and people who broke it. And the Bible says he had great repetition among the people and he commanded them to put the apostles. Listen to me, man, the God, God, I call somebody to put you forth, not just the apostles. And they will give you a little space. And the Bible declared in that 35th verse, and he said unto them, these men of Israel take heed to what, now he's standing in defense for them. As they begin to step forth, Gamaliel, who's a part of the Sanhedrin Council, spoke on behalf of them. You better hear me. You better hear me and hear me good. I'm telling you, man, the woman God, when people look at you and they look at you as if you ain't got what it takes, God will open up a way and make a way out of no way. The Bible says over in Acts chapter 5 and that 35th verse, and he said to them, you men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do to these what, who but, but, but do to, intend to do as touching these men. 
these people, when he said touching these men, you go back over to the word of the book of Ephesians, and you look at that fifth verse over the book of Ephesians 1 and 5, the Bible said because of these men was in position, the Bible said they had already been set apart. They have been already predestined. And they was adopted as a children by Jesus Christ himself according to the good pleasure of his will. The Bible used one of their own men to declare the word of God before that particular council. And he warned them people on that, in that particular Acts chapter 5, in that 35th and that 36th verse. He said, before these days, he rose up Thaddeus, boasting himself to be somebody. This is when, this is when, this is what you, this is what you deal with. When people, when you begin to move in the spirit, listen to me, and men of the education begin to denounce you because they can't note the miracles and the power that God is doing in and around your life. So they got to go into the educational point of sense and they got to dialect the Bible to a point. Now, I ain't saying you got to do that, but the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, man and woman, God, when you go back to Acts chapter 1, I mean, at book of First Corinthians chapter uh, chapter one in that second chapter, the Bible said the, the eyes have not, and not the ears have not, and neither has it in it entered heart of any man. The things that God has prepared for those who love Him. The final word over this particular area, when they got against status and they scattered these brothers about in that thirty-seven verse, and He rose up in the man of Galilee in the days of the taxings, and the Bible said He drew much people after Him. And he also praised, look here, praised, and all, even many, as obeyed him, were dispersed. That means they came upon him. But the word of God comes in Acts chapter 38, and he put a word on these particular heathens. You put your hands against them. You speak out on your educational sense against them. The Bible says, you be careful what you intend to do to these men and women of God. The Bible declares the creed according to Acts 38. He said, and said unto him, refrain from these men and let them alone. Leave them alone. Well, this counsel or the works of these men will come to nothing. In other words, if, if it's of God, you, you're going God gonna deal with you. The Bible says, "Touch not the anointed." And li listen to me, I'm trying to help you. This is just not a cliche word in the scripture. This is a proven word when he say, "Touch not the anointed, do the prophet no harm." You can read it right here. The Bible declared, "I say unto you, refrain from these men." Going back over to Acts chapter one and five. Acts chapter 1 and 5 makes it very clear to you. These men have been set aside and predestined to do the work of the kingdom of God. Same as over in Acts chapter 5. You put your hands against them, but the word of God declared, decreed that the word had already done damage. The Bible declares in Acts chapter 5 that the men that say the church came to be about 5,000. Now, they weren't counting the women and children. They said men came to be about 5,000. But you go back over there and ricochet this thing over in Acts chapter 5, and you look at that particular 38th verse, and the Bible said, refrain from these men. Well, in Acts chapter 4 is when they actually came against these men over there. In Acts chapter 4, when these Sanhedrin came against them and put their hands them and threw them in prison, you know, these temple guards. And But the power of God word already moved in Acts chapter 4. But we come back in Acts chapter 5, we see the power of God moving through Apostle Paul over here through the 37th through the 39th. On that particular uh, Acts 5, 38 to 39, or 37 to 39. And he says in that 38 verse, I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to nothing. What did he just say there? If this work be of men, you, it, you, you, it's going to fall. But if it be of God, you'll find yourself fighting against God himself and you will not win. You better leave people alone. And you better stop putting your mouth, one matter, no matter what, you, you, so Lord, you don't know why you keep having problems.
keep your beak away from people and pray for those who despitefully may use you. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Pray for people. You're going through all these ups and downs because you got your own critical ideas about what you think about people. And you wonder why your backyard all tore up. Keep your mouth off of people and pray for them. Everybody's going through transformation and changes these days. And the only thing you want to do is go around and gossip about folk. Talk about what somebody said or what somebody did that wasn't right in your own little eyesight. But God is trying to get you to see and understand in this word, in the book of Ephesians, you come over in that particular Ephesians 1 and 12, he said that what should be praises of his glory. Look here, that we should be the praises of his glory. Why should we be the praises of his glory? Because we've been already set apart by Christ, despite of what men say and look at us as being in his eyesight. I'm trying to help somebody. I heard a man, I heard a brother online telling me that, 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 that some kind of story that they can date back, they, they, they lineage can come straight back to the days of the apostles. And I said, boy, you got your much, you said you got yourself twisted. You try to vet the fact of what you're doing is through the through a, a historical point of view. Let me tell you something. When God began to make you, it doesn't matter what your backyard looking, where you come from. God plan for you is always more than what you can see. God said, Behold, I will do a new thing. It's not do a traditional thing. The Bible said, it shall spring forth. And should you not even know it, baby, when you begin to pioneer, God began to show you mighty, mighty things you never known, seen, or heard before in your life. He comes over in that 13 verse. The Bible said, whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom you also, that we believe, were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, that, 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 that's another level there. Let me move around here for a minute here. Let me move around for a little y'all, y'all, y'all give me a second here. Gotta get it, gotta get it, gotta, gotta, gotta make a little adjustment here. Cause I want you to really understand what the word of God is saying here concerning this word. Hold on, don't, don't go nowhere. Okay, now I had to readjust my cord here a little bit. Kind of snatching on me a little bit. Y'all hear these pages rattling, don't worry about that. You know, you, 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 people talking about how you got to be professional all that. No, you preach, you teach, and you do what God has called you to do. You let man want to be perfect in the way he want to be perfect to the point of making him seem like he's a little bit more nostalgical and what he feel that he is. No, you just lay this thing down, but you make sure you study to make sure it's approved by God. The Bible declares in that 13th verse, and who trusted after you heard the word of truth. Now, notice what it said. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Look what it said. In whom after that you believe. See, when you see, see, the, see when you believe the gospel, it leads to salvation. That's what the word of God declares according to Romans. You go back over to the book of Romans. You look at Romans chapter 10. He said, well, for he said, well, what sayest thou? That's what he tells me over in that, that Romans chapter 10 in that 8th verse. He said, but what saith? The word of God is not in our mouth. You ain't got to wait for somebody to come and give you some kind of position, a title to lift you up. When the Holy Ghost blesses you and give you what you're supposed to be, you, you what, you going to try to get approved through man? Or you going to stop your work because a man didn't give you okay on it? Oh, no, 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 brother. Wrong one and wrong again. No, you know, you don't beat to a man's beat. Now, they may come around the firm to help you and what you're doing and where you're going. And then that's a lot of stuff, you know, I have ran into in those days. 
when, what, what, man, I'm just telling you the truth, man. When God, people have made promises about what they say they would do, but they, I, I don't know what you want to call them. But the truth ain't in them because they spoke a word or did a word or they disowned you or discredited you during that course of time what they thought you were dependent on them. But I'm going to tell you something like this, man. God, when you put your trust toward one of them and you begin to believe what they tell you, 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 that's that's the reward you're going to get. If that's the reward you want, that's the reward you're going to get. The Bible declares the creeds according to the word of God. When you look at that particular area, back over to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians makes it very clear that in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. What is, what, what is that telling me? Once I heard the word of truth, I got to make a very precise decision about what I think is truth or lie. You remember old stories used to come out back in the days that called truth or consequences. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You better believe it. It's the truth. And if it's not the truth, if you don't believe the truth, then it's going to be a consequence. The Bible says in the Amplified Version, in whom you also have heard the word of truth, the glad tiding gospel of your salvation, and whom believe in, he said, or heard, or a heard, to the rely on, look what I'm telling you, what we look, look, stamped it with the seal. You, 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 not by what, see, 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 no, you, 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 you're, you're apostle, you, you're a prophet, you, you're evangelist, you're a pastor, you're a teacher. I'm telling you something, man, when we talk about the fivefold, whatever your gifting is, whatever your anointing is, whatever it is that God called you to be, baby, you number one. You're you going to wait to a man to validate you and prove you? You'll be waiting. And matter of fact, they'll get upset and leave you hanging. The Bible declared once again, he said over in that particular area, of that particular amplifier vision, uh, verse, dealing with that particular verse over in the book of Ephesians 1 and 13, he said, in whom you also have heard the word of truth, the, the glad tiding gospel of what yours, not anybody else's salvation. Remember, it's a personal relationship. That's when you go back to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 6, you having a personal relationship, not based on what man says, but when you get out of your and you say, Lord, what is it you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Now, man, preaching the gospel may help you to get to that point quicker, but you got to make a very, what, truth decision. Remember, I just told you about the word, truth or consequences. That when a man ways pleases God, I'm just telling you how God got blessings in store for you. And having believed, the Bible said, not just believe, and said, in, in, or heard, and he relied on him. That means I totally believed. Despite what anybody have said or may have made me feel how I look. See, some people look at you, well, he's a sinner. Well, you you one too. You just don't, you just don't know it yet. You don't know yourself yet. Because if I put a camera on you, it's going to tell me what you're made out of. And sometimes you hide behind closed doors trying to make yourself look something before people. So as a matter of fact, that's a mask anyway. As my little niece down there in Saginaw, Michigan talks about, you know, take off the mask. You got more than a different kind of mask you need to take. She got another little thing about, about resuscitating. You need to get your heart in position. You need somebody to hit you with something to bring it back in the rhythm that needed to be in from the day you was born and called to be what God wanted you to be. So you didn't been hurt and pushed aside, but you got to stop looking at men's manuscript and look at God's manuscript and the plan according to what your manuscript is, Jeremiah 29 and 11, when your ways pleases God.
Am I there with somebody? God will begin to give you the desires of your heart. Listen to me. I better recorrect that one. It's not what God is going to do. It's what he's already done. The Bible said, be unto you according to your faith. You're going to let somebody come duke you and tell you because you didn't go to seminary, because you didn't go to church, because you don't know this, you, you, you're not able to be what God called you to be? Man, you better take that stuff. You better take that. That's a, that's a lying wonder. You better take that step somewhere else. Because while you sprinkling the gospel, you're a sinner. And everybody is the word of God. Say, for all has fallen short. According to the book of Romans chapter 3, everybody got something messed up in them. You got you to gotta balance up your own cut. You can't keep getting sutures and busting the stitches. And you ain't got the undermath of what's on you taken care of. You want to take care of the outside, but your stuff underneath is all busted up. That's why the word of God said, you come before me. With your big brooch, with your big, I'm just speaking, my mother, I mean, I'm just telling you, I'm not putting, knocking down anybody. You got your big hat, you got your big Bible, you got your brooch, you got your stilettos on, you got your bald head, you got your nice suit on, you're looking real good, but baby, you got to, everybody got to crack in their foundation. Everybody need to understand what the model prayer is. Our Father who art in heaven, how that be thy name, let thy kingdom come. I got to get myself in the will of God. When I seem to be outside the will of God, God has given me a buffer, which is called grace. But the grace of God, that's what saved me. It's not one to me just preaching the gospel. Because when I'm preaching, I got to still keep myself together. Because the Bible declares when your church is built on one side, the devil is building another church right next door to you. So wherever the presence of the Holy Spirit is, remember the devil right there to interfere. That's Adam and Eve now. That's Paul now. They talk about that woman, that, that, that woman, what, 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 was that, what was that woman that followed behind Paul and Silas and them, preaching that word, that, 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 whatever, that purple, that woman, that woman that kept running behind them, trying to, trying to, trying to, about that spirit that she had. A lot of us got that spirit. I was going to look at ourselves, you want to let people tell you that what you ain't got the capability of doing based on their analogy about you. No, I got to get you to understand something, what he said in the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians says, according to verse 14, that which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession. Oh, you oh, you don't want to listen to me on that one. You want to get another way and you want to pick up your dictionary, your, your almanacs, whatever you got to do. You want to try to search it out and see if it's, it's good or not. But he comes over in the Amplified Edition. He says, the spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. The first fruits that pledged, look here, and foretested, I'm trying to get you this in, the down payment on our heritage and acceptance, I'm trying to help you here, of, of its full redemption in your requiring. Acquiring, my there, complete possessions of it. So this amplified breaking down, and it, you got to look at the little parentheses in between. You can't just run through the amplified edition because each pause tells you something about how the word of God has made ways acceptable for you in the midst of these circumstances, the situation that you're in. You know, you go back and talk about, you know, uh, the Ephesians 1 and 1, you know, it, it deals with the process of an earlier manuscript to the people of emphasis. 
You come on down to that particular area of Ephesians 1 and 5. He said in sight of, he talks about the, the in sight of love. You know, he begins to rattle off that the Greek word adoption, sonship, a legal term referring to the full legal standings and adoption of a male heron back in the Roman days. And even as not, you got to sign the paperwork when you adopt somebody. You just can't go get them and take them to your house. You got to go through the process that you are fitting to have that particular person who could be troublesome in their life, you know, that you may be, you may be able to deal with them and whatever they're dealing with. I, I got to get out of here. My pastor Charles Ellis hit HNLC studios, man, what we got, it's always an opportunity as we continue to rattle off this word. And every time we're going through the book of Ephesians, it's somewhere we're going to get stuck. And now we stuck right here in this 14th verse, because God wants you to understand the earnest of your inheritance. Just dealing with that, the earnest of your inheritance, the earnest of your inheritance lets you know that your gift, your what, what God has for you has already been predestined. It, it ain't what man says about you. Or you're going to hell because you're going to go to church. Okay. All right, then. Okay. According to what you say, are everybody going to hell then? That you're the only righteous one. And that would that, 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 Let the truth be told. That's what you're telling me. That your stuff better than my stuff. <laughs> I mean, you, know, you got gold. You know what I'm saying? You know, no, I don't think so. But Father God, it's always a blessing to be before you as we come before your word, as we continue to roll out this area of the book of Ephesians and begin to speak to the hearts of the men and women of God in the very circumstances, situations, whatever may be going on in life that you will know and understand. You know, when they go through these challenges, Father God, let them look to you, Father God, which is the author and the finisher of their faith which carries all rights and ownership by what you said that comes from the kingdom of God. And Father God, I just ask you to look over the man uh, and woman of God on this day, that even as we seem to go through turbulent times, let's believe and trust in you even more and more. It's the reason why we're going through. Your faith is going to have to be tested. You got to know, you just can't say you had faith. It's going to be found out. Remember, oh God, it's a blessing to be with you guys here at HNLC Studios. I love you guys. Y'all take care.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.